0: Hey guys, and welcome back to leadership on purpose. I'm Blake Bozarth and this is the show that's designed to help you grow your influence and lead with confidence and with humility. So this is part two on this show of our jam session with Rocky Destefano, the rock father He's a legend. He is an incredible leader. I love chatting with him. If you can't tell from these episodes, this is a jam session, a talk radio sort of sort of approach. But we're diving deeper on investing micro, and it's a part two of our concept around think macro, invest micro. Part one, you heard the introduction on this show last week. Part one of think macro is on Rocky's show, A Server's Journey. This is part two, investing micro and we're talking about how to as leaders how do we choose the things that we want most over the things that we want right now we dive into that it's a critical concept that's changing the way i approach life and leadership and i hope we can do the same for you and we're talking about the compound effect and rocky has just some incredible uh, examples and stories that i think you're going to appreciate in this episode i hope you guys enjoy it if you do Be a river, not a reservoir. Share this with someone that you think will also appreciate it as well and and help them grow too. Without further ado, let's jump into the show. All right, welcome back to Leadership on Purpose. Today is a jam session for all jam sessions. I am in the studio with Rocky Destefano of A Server's Journey, and we have Gabby We have Larry, who is the consummate professional from the radio, running the mics, and today we're diving into our third part in a series on Think Macro, Invest Micro. You just heard the introduction on this show. We recorded the first part of this episode, first part of this series, Think Macro, on Rocky's show, A Server's Journey, so you definitely want to check that out. We will not recap that here. But you can check that, check that episode out. We had a ton of fun with that. It's laying the stage for today's episode, which is Investing Micro. Before we get into that, Rocky, how's it going? It's going great today.
1: Yeah, we've, uh, we're wide awake. I'm, I've got my coffee, my requisite 20 ounces of coffee, so I'm wired. Uh, i happy to be here platform. with you guys. Yeah, it's,
0: yeah. And it's,
1: it, it's an honor to be with you here on this podcast. I'm not used to
0: jumping podcasts.
1: I know, Larry is a... Yeah. You're you're really a professional now, stage, TV, radio, and now podcasting guest.
0: What makes this so fun yeah, is finally this room has such great dynamic energy. Like the the way that you guys feed off each other, like I, I already had heard it on your podcast, and I'm glad that it's now on leadership on purpose. So thanks for being here. Let's tee up again real quick. What is Think Macro Invest Micro about? It's a framework for approaching the world. So if you're somebody that has big goals for yourself and the impact you want to have in the world. If you see the world and you want to see it differently, and if you're somebody who wants to change your life, this is framework is for you. So you, you think macro, you want to solve big problems, you want to achieve big goals. But in order to do that, this is what we're focused on today, it requires investing in the micro. It that That is a requirement to invest in the micro. So we're going to dive into that today. What does that mean? What does that look like? How do we do that well? And we want to get really practical about it. So we're going to dive right in. If you like, we're talking about at first, let's, let's give an example of like, what does it mean when you see something out there that you want to change? So let's give a a real life example of you're in your organization, right? And you look out and you're like, wow, this something, something's off about this culture. Yeah. Something doesn't feel quite right. And I've seen this before. So this before Rocky So I'd love for you to jump in here, but let's say that you look out and you're like, Hey, there, we have a problem with um, accountability. In this culture, it seems like people don't want to take ownership for their work, for results, and it seems like something that's just like, "Gosh, how do how do I how do I how do I contribute to this? How do I how do I solve this?" And um, it's great to first of all recognize that and think macro and see, "Hey, we have a system wide issue." But the next step is, how can you do something in the micro that affects that change? Any any thoughts on this sort of scenario, Rocky?
1: you know too and and i'm old enough um and larry you also please please don't I keep don't keep bring afraid to as old yes. but <laughs> um you know i'm i'm old enough to remember that uh it used to be that you threatened and you put fear into people about an issue you might have you know we're not accountable enough tomorrow we're starting tomorrow we're accountable yep. or you know you're going to get fired whatever um so so i i, I think You're right in that if accountability is an issue, you first have to recognize it being an issue, which is a macro issue. And then you have to kind of do some of the hard work. And that's, you know, you kind of have to ask yourself some questions. Um, If you have big problems or if you have big dreams or big goals, then you have to invest in the micro to achieve them. And I think first you have to be willing to ask yourself, am I Am I willing to invest in the micro? Am I willing to do the hard things to achieve the macro goals? Mm. You know. So for me, and this is a personal issue, but I mentioned on on the episode before about uh, running a marathon, and I had to, I set that goal, and it was a beautiful, you know, goal that gave me fear and consternation and hope and all those things. It was a big problem in my life that I wasn't as healthy as I wanted to be. And then I had to ask myself, was I willing to do the work, the hard work? And for me, it looked like, am I willing to run four days a week, two short and two long runs every week for 29 weeks to hope that I could be ready to run uh, the marathon? And so I think that's kind of the first thing when you set that big goal, your first thing is, am I willing to, am I really willing (laughs) to do the hard work this is going to take? And I don't know if you guys have any. What year was that? Yeah, it's been a while. I could probably run maybe now three miles, but um, that was 2000. I trained most of the end of 2014 and did a series of four, wow. 15, and 16. So two things. Anything's possible. And second, I've digressed quite a bit. I might need to set that goal again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I love that example because it it, it speaks to – Having having some clarity on the what kind of macro go do I want to achieve, but you're not going to achieve it unless you're willing to put in the everyday work yeah. John Maxwell's famous the legend for saying you don't change your life without changing something you do daily that's what we're talking about today is what are the what are the small actions that produce the macro change right and you can look at that personally so I love that example and we can also look at it as leaders in our organizations when we see things that we want to change on a macro level right. How do we act in the micro? So going back to that example, too, of like you, you see this problem, like of people not taking ownership. What does it look like on the micro level yeah. for you to be able to affect change? And it starts and as cheesy as it sounds. It starts with being the change. It starts with modeling. How
1: can you model? And that gets overlooked so often. It does. I feel like.
0: It does. If you're not
1: willing to do it, they're not going to do it. They're just not. You know, I mean, there's no I don't know. This generation specifically, the youngest generation that I work with, they're all about truth. Mm. And so if you're asking them to do something and then you're not doing it, it's just not going to. So is that why you like to work four hours a week in a store so you can model? Yeah, that. And I just like running a restaurant, you know, and and sometimes I have to remind myself I I have a restaurant (laughs) because sometimes the macro and, and even the micro, they're not, you know, things like that.
0: So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Do you have an, an yeah, example? No. no. So uh, the, the other thing I think of is like, so it starts with, it starts with how you model, right. And it's living it. It's, it's being that changes as, as cheesy as it sounds. But then it's like, what else can you do? Like if you see someone that you're frustrated by because this person's not taking ownership, maybe you can, instead of being frustrated, maybe you can be the one that mentors them. Yeah. Maybe you take them under your wing and you say, Hey, This is something that um, I'm seeing as an opportunity for growth here. And if you do this, I think it can produce, it can produce huge benefit for you and your career. And let's join together and start modeling this behavior in the organization because it's going to take us to the next level.
1: Yeah. And and I think you mentioned when we were talking one-on-one too, the idea of, you know, modeling being first, but then you mentioned, okay, and that might not be enough still. There may be the idea that there's a training gap here. So, They want to do it. They just, okay, what is holding people accountable? What does that look like? They've never been taught. And so there's an element of training and communication there too.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But ultimately it goes back to this concept of if you recognize these big problems. Yeah. We, it's so easy to to just kind of surrender and say there's nothing I can do
1: about it. Yeah, it can feel overwhelming. <laughs> there there are
0: things we can do, and yeah. some of those may be more like training initiatives, and that's like more systematic approaches, thinking macro, which is which is great. You have to do that, but it's also it has to be coupled with the micro actions. And if enough of us, and here's where the magic happens, if enough people are acting in the micro, the macro changes, right? Yes. And that and that produces the macro change that we want to see is when enough people are taking action in the micro. And it starts, as cheesy as it sounds, it starts with us as leaders modeling that behavior, that micro behavior that we want to see.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember that there's a famous little story, and I'm sure it's fictitious, but it's a great, you know, analogy here where there's a gentleman walking down the beach and all the starfish have washed up on the shore and he's throwing in the starfish into the ocean in order to save them and somebody walks up and says what are you doing there's a million miles of seashore across the world and you know millions and millions of starfish you're not making a difference and he kind of reaches down and grabs one and throws it in and says i made a difference to that one and that's like the epitome of micro right
0: it's such a good example. I yeah. love that story. And what it's, what it's doing is like, we had to appreciate the impact that micro actions have, right? When you change the world for one person and you change it for yourself, like that's, that's the best way to change the world for everyone. Yeah. And it, and it may be, it may, it may be small in the grand scheme of things, but again, if you're the one modeling that behavior and if we're effective as leaders, then others are inspired by that. Yeah. And others come around that, 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 that just a small example, I've shared the story about mentoring in my life. I've had a, a number of friends and people in my community that started mentoring yeah. because of my passion for it and because of the story that they heard from 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 my example. And that's amazing, right? So so the one the one student, the one kid that I got to invest in helped change his story, he helped change mine. But then that example had a knock on effect for many other matches, which well, is incredible.
1: And what I love about that is You know, and this kind of begs to the third point, because some people will say, well, why would I do it? I have no authority here. I can't change anybody else's opinion. You don't have to have positional authority in order to see change. In fact, in your example, okay, you started mentoring. You did not have any positional authority over your friends to say, hey, you're going to mentor now too, and you're going to, like, there was no authority there, but it was your actions, your modeling, your communication, your passion for it, that- it was infective. they kind of yeah. jumped and they said, let's do it too. So, you know, it works no matter if you're the top or if you're the bottom, when you model and that kind of stuff, it, it works.
0: Great, great tie in. So true. So wherever you are in your organization, maybe you don't have the, the boss title yet, you can still affect change by the yeah. way that you model in the way that you inspire others and influence others that's the essence of leadership great great point rocky
1: yeah and and like in my organization we i, I always tell my my leadership if you want to know who the future leaders are look at who people are following mm. and now you, of course you want you hope that they are fo- they're leading people to good spots you know it doesn't <laughs> yeah. always happen but but either way either um we, you know there's people that have natural leadership and i think it tends to be those people who actually are saying i don't have the authority but if i model this behavior people
0: will follow me. That's good. So, yeah. that's, and that's a great that's another great practical tip for leaders is if you're recognizing followership we, in other people, those are the people that are your future leaders of tomorrow.
1: Yeah, we're all about practicality, you know. <laughs> I, really I I it's just so necessary because otherwise it can feel overwhelming.
0: That's one of my favorite things about talking with Rocky is that he loves leadership, he loves the concepts, he loves the theory but he also lives it every day in his stores. And this is why it's an honor to get to dive into topics with you. So let's talk more about, we talked initially a little bit about personal growth and goals that you have for yourself. And a, a key to any of those goals happening is having discipline and having the right habits in place. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into this now in this section of the, of the show. So I, I recently heard a, a great great uh, message from Craig Rochelle who is my hero and he talked about how discipline he defines discipline as choosing what you want most over what you want now over what you want right now choosing what you want most over what you want right now riff on that Rocky
1: well I, I hadn't heard that quote until you mentioned it to me the other day and it's kind of really stuck with me and even like you know I'll give you a real personal example but my wife and I just got a Peloton Mm-hmm. and i literally have have wrote, uh, written that quote down because i never never want to get up and go on that bike it it's like a it's like a torture device like like <laughs> it, it's so tough but it's awesome you know and we've enjoyed it but i literally have to say what i want most is to be healthy into my you know later years for my kids and for my grandkids and for, you know, and all those kind of things. And so what I want most, how do I get there? That's what I want now. And so what I have to want now is getting on the Peloton bike and being yelled at, you know, and (laughs) and sweating. But, you know, to to me, I love that quote. And I think if we would remind ourselves of that, it could really change organizations, our own personal habits, too.
0: Can you repeat that? The quote. Yeah, the quote is, discipline is about choosing what you want most over what you want right now.
1: Yes. It's a, it, it's a great quote and it's just like, yeah, we should know that. <laughs> but just again, for me, writing it down reminds me every day. All right. What do I want most?
0: Yeah. You know, and so. it's, it's doing, it's, it's choosing the hard things and the seemingly small things. Yeah. Every day that produces this macro impact over the course of the next five years, 10 years in a lifetime. Right. Yeah. You're talking
1: about the compounding effect, right? That's it. Ha- Have you guys seen that like anybody where you've done something small, but it really, really changed um, something about your life or your organization? I put you all on the spot.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Were you looking at me? I was looking at anybody.
2: Oh, okay. I was just thinking about, for me, I have a business and my business is just me. (laughs) So, What I have to do is learn how to lead myself. So I have to think of what my ideal boss would be and try to become that ideal boss for myself. So sometimes I'm working 60-hour weeks and I have to think, okay, well, in my dream job, (laughs) before I thought I was going to be a business owner, I would have um, hated a boss that made me work 60-hour weeks. So I have to, like, think and sort of invest that into myself of allowing myself to do things the way that are maybe more healthy or, you know, better for me in the long run versus just completely investing every ounce of my being into yeah. my business and getting things done like for other people.
1: <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense for sure. And I think, um, you don't want to be working 60 hours forever, mm-hmm. but right now it may be necessary sometimes.
2: Yeah, there's definitely things that I, I do because I know that it's going to get me to the goal that I, I want to achieve Yes, or that it's a necessary evil. Um, you know, I it's not like I'm like, oh yeah, I want to be the fun boss and just let myself do whatever I want and <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just not the reality if you want to have a successful business, but... Um, I have to find that balance where I need to sort of let myself have like in the other episode we talked about having that um the that time, that white space. Like letting yourself have that time even. Just just things like that, or not even time to think about leadership, but just to be human and have a life and outside of business and leadership and those qualities is important. So
0: Amen. Those hearing you talk about like owning your own business and how the grind of that, and it's good to like periscope up and, and remind yourself, Hey, what are the right healthy boundaries? How do I do this in a healthy way? But ultimately it, it takes, it takes some grind and it takes putting in the work every single day, chopping the wood today so that you can have the benefit in the winter and you can, you can see that result over time. Had a great guest, Kevin DeShazo, who wrote a book on that. That was on the show um, in a previous episode. But I want to get back to this concept of the compound effect. We can think of habits. Habits, great habits, are the compounding interest of success, which is
1: a, 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 another great, you know, great comment. You know, the good habits now, you know, produce positive results,
0: and you know? and, and that's what happens over time. And it's the seemingly small stuff that you're doing that. No one else sees, right? No one else sees the early mornings. No one else sees the 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 time that you're cranking it on the Peloton. Right. <laughs> no one else sees, from a, from a leadership and business perspective, the the books or the courses that you're going through to level up, the skills that you're developing, you know, behind the scenes, day by day. No one sees that. But if you have the discipline and if you have the daily habits, that's what produces this compounding effect. That can, that can make you world-class and can give you the, the success in your field for the impact that you want to have. And it's really required. Like it's, a, it's a requirement for that, for that future. You have a concept, Rocky, around money yeah. and the time value of money. Share, share that with us. How does that relate?
1: Well, and this was taught to me like when I was very young, and I tell this to my kids and I tell this to the people at the store. You know, we have an investment plan where we'll match funds. And I basically, you know, the time value of money, the idea of that is that it's a concept that the money you have now is worth more than the identical sum in the future due to the fact that it has potential earning capacity. So this core principle of finance holds that provided money can earn interest and any amount of money is worth more sooner than it is uh, or it's worth more the sooner it's received. So basically the concept is if I invest $2000 when I'm 20, that money's worth more than 2000 I invest later on in life because it's got all these years to continue to grow and it's the exact same thing in our business, you know. And we're not always investing money. In fact, I think in business, um, money is part of it, but there's a lot of times where what you're investing is your time. You know, those extra five hours after your work day is done to dream and plan and think about this is a huge problem. How do I get there? So you can kind of chart the path or, you know, for you, it could be something else for you right now in your stage of life. It could be. This is an hour away from my kids mm. and it's killing me and I can hear them in the background and I want to go play with them. But it will have an interest and, you know, it'll help you reach a different goal. Now, you don't want to have all, like, you and still want to play with your kids.
0: But. That's right. But, but to that point, like, investing that time, if you have to make that trade-off decision, it, it can actually give you freedom, more freedom for the future, right? Yeah. So I love, like, I actually love the money concept because it's, that's what we typically think of when we think of investing. But it applies to our time as well, too. So investing our time, yes. investing our energy in the, the micro hard things. Yeah. So the things like it's choosing the things, the hard thing about habits is that they have good habits. At least it's not true for bad habits. It's actually the the, the converse for bad habits, but good habits have usually immediate pain (laughs) and long-term gratification. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's why it's hard to choose a good habit because it's, it's immediately usually hard yeah, and you don't see the payoff until later on.
1: Rocky, would you share that story about your daughter when you used to check in on your store on Sunday?
0: Yeah, so, um,
1: you know, and this is a lot, too, because I I, I think we're talking a lot about investing micro, and that can get out of hand, too. Like, you do have to be careful and find that balance. Um, I I have three daughters, but when they were much younger, in fact, my oldest was four, and my second was a newborn. She was still in her car seat, I remember that. And we were... um, driving to one of our restaurants on a Sunday, which is typically my day off. um, And I was just in the habit of checking every Sunday, um, just kind of making sure the freezers were, I mean, you know, there's a lot of inventory. It just was kind of like an OCD thing that I'd gotten the habit of. So we were driving to the store and we pulled into the parking lot and, you know, part of me was kind of feeling like what a good guy was, what a good, operator I was because I'm checking on my business it's my day off you know I, I had this martyr complex sometimes so I was kind of like almost pleased with my sacrifice you know and all that and so we pull in the parking lot and as I'm getting out of the car I hear my daughter uh, Ansley turn to my wife and say mama why are we at daddy's house Oh, Ooh. and you know every step into the store I, I felt like a failure i felt like a failure and so it was at that point where i said okay things have to change right and how do i invest micro to become the father that i i want to be because i wanted to be this great father but there was pain involved because i had to think how do i maximize myself at work so that i can free up some time for my family you know and all these things um and so I had to literally, and I remember going home and writing down a list of things I had to do every day. So, And if, for me, this was way back in the uh, 90s. No, that's untrue. It was in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I, it was new to me to say, if I focus my thought and effort on my personal life, the way that I focus my thought and effort on my business, could I be as successful as a father as I am as a business person? Mm. And so for me, it was, I had a macro goal, be a good dad. (laughs) Um, But I had to tear it down into really small sections. And let me tell you, that was much tougher um, to accomplish than business because business, you're constantly getting feedback and you're seeing charts and you know if you're up and to the right. As a dad, it's kind of like, what do you, do you take a survey? Hey, how do I rank as a dad? You know, um, there were less cues to it and uh, I don't know if I did it well, but I oh. know focusing on it and her um, sentence, her question really oh. caused me to do it so
0: it's so good and I'm glad you prompted that Larry because there there is there' such a personal element even when it comes to relationships to this. So when we think back to that discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Yes that applies to our personal relationships as well too That's right and it applies to our to our marriage. Right. It's 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 like the things that what it's getting clarity on what really matters, right? And right. this goes back so we're tying it all together. Now it goes back to the think macro um piece of this of this framework, but it's getting clarity on what do I want most? Right. Whether what, it's business, whether it's, whether it's personal, personal whether it's
1: health, whether
0: integrated all, all all of it. And in order to achieve that, it takes investing in the micro. It takes doing the things that are hard. Um, that may not that may not be as natural. Like maybe your natural thing was comfortable. They hear that story. It's probably comfortable to be at work. It's comfortable right. to check on those things. It's it's harder to set the right boundaries. It's it's harder to prioritize our schedule uh, to schedule our priorities sometimes, right? Right. And it's those micro things. It's investing in the micro things that are hard that produce the macro impact, the macro change that we want most. Right. 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 So anyways, that, I, I love that because it, this applies to work. This applies to personal life and relationships well, too.
1: And I want to say it's not that there's think macro, invest micro. Like it's hard to say which one's more important because mm. the reality is they're both important. In hand in I can tell you, I don't know a good leader who doesn't invest micro daily, weekly, monthly in their business or personal life. And I don't know a great leader who hasn't found a way to marry the two between dreaming big dreams and finding the ways to get there. Any great leader throughout history, any great leader that we look up to anybody that we would consider a mentor in some degree has figured this out and it is tough beyond belief.
0: So good. So good. So we're going to wrap on that core topic there. I want to ask a couple of standard questions that I like to ask, guests when they come on a leadership on purpose. Yeah, we forgot to do this so,
1: on, on our episode.
0: I, oh, man. Well, I want to I make sure we hit these. So the first one is, tell us about your why. What is it that drives and motivates you, Rocky?
1: Yeah, so I, I think in the last episode, I told the story about my original mission statement um, and how I had to change it because it didn't resonate with the team. However, it still resonates with me. And so my why has always been, at the end of my life, if the people... That are around me that know me, if they can say that I was I was a person of integrity, then I will have run a good race. So that that to me has always been my why, and I like that because it leaves it open for any big dream or any small dream I have. You know, what would a person of integrity do in this situation? So that's always been my why.
0: I love that. Tell me about a way if you could choose one way that you've grown as a leader over the course of your career. What would that be?
1: Yeah. I I think the biggest growth, the most instrumental change in my life was um, the ability to let go. We talked about the um, uh, kind of that that thought pattern of auditing yourself, getting over the guilt of the day to day, Um, being able to trust people, good people who want to they they want more. Mm. So uh, that has been instrumental. I, I would never have been able to achieve anything without a host of amazing men and women who are better than me at their res- you know respective jobs.
0: It's a cool legacy. If you listen to Server's Journey, I've heard episodes where you've had former yeah employees good, yeah. on that are now leading their own kind of operations, their own yeah. Chick Fil A's, and yeah. that is that's what that's the highest form of leadership is is creating other leaders and. You've you've lived that, so that's that's super cool. Here's a fun one: if you could sit down and have lunch at Chick Fil A with any leader, past or present, who would that be?
1: I mean, it feels cheesy to say this, but I it would be this person. It would be Jesus Christ, and mostly because, like, I think it would put to. And end the question of did you did you rise from the dead? <laughs> I, I mean, like I literally would just like to kind of like talk to him. But you know, all joking aside, there's been so many leaders that I would love to sit down with. But I really do. If you look at the Bible as a practical um, tool uh, of management practices, mm. I mean, the way Jesus set up his organization, I mean, he achieved amazing things with twelve people. Mm. You know that have that has changed the world, and Truth. so I just kind of like that idea. So I, I think it would be him—the
0: ultimate answer, the original mastermind <laughs> yes, group that. with Nobody the disciples. <laughs> I, I I love it. So um, uh, one final question for you is: Do you have now a personal BHAG of your own? Is there any big, hairy, audacious goal yeah. that you have out there personal to you?
1: So uh, yes, for me, you know, it's really COVID has kind of knocked me back. Uh, it's and Gabby, I think you mentioned. It was a great year, like all the metrics look good, all the um, stats we look at on paper. But physically, I've kind of declined some uh, COVID. I I, I allowed COVID to cause me to go back to some bad habits. And so this year, my goal has been to kind of regain my health, lose some of the COVID weight. And um, that's a pretty big goal for me because I tend to like food as comfort. (laughs) <laughs> um, we talked about that with Gabby before. I know she uh, uh, understands my pain sometimes. But uh, th- that definitely has, has become a goal. And, and to be honest with you, that is why um, what you want most versus what you want now, like that idea that you share with me has resonated and helped me make better decisions over the last month.
0: That's so cool. So cool to hear. Gabby, Larry, Any any final thoughts or contributions? Okay.
1: Rocky always speaks for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a dangerous. I, I'm a, I think I'm confirmed in my, my list theory. I think that's. I'm on the right track there. Yes, I agree.
0: Checking off list. <laughs> awesome. Hey, this has been a pleasure and an honor. Hopefully we'll get to do it again sometime. Thank you so much for being on Leadership on Purpose. What would it mean for your organization if your leaders became significantly more effective? At CoThrive, we help good leaders transform into exceptional leaders, and we do it in a way that builds camaraderie and deeper connection to your company for a fraction of the cost of less effective alternatives. If you're interested in learning more, find me on LinkedIn and just shoot me a message. As always, guys, keep leading on purpose.